We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Another week, another great show. Of course, it's me, Kel Dansby. You are old man Andreas Hale in the building. The busiest man in journalism right now because it's been a crazy week. We knew combat sports was wild, writing a ton of articles, but now, you know, you're Mr. Social Political Man as well with a dope article on Meek Mill. And that dropped, uh, depending on when you listen to this, guys, uh, it dropped today, which is Thursday when we're recording it. I read it. I loved it. So that was a dope one. Shout out to you. And then a ton of music stuff coming up. 
Yeah, man, it's a busy week. Um, yeah, for the Grio, I did a piece on Meek Mills calling himself a political prisoner. He's not. Um, <laughs> you telling me he's not Mandela? No, nah, man, he's not. He's not Martin Luther King. He's not Huey P. Newton. He's a prisoner who's been politicized. So I wrote something on that and how Meek Mill needs to be more T.I. than Lil Wayne when he gets out and do and, you know, give back to the community that's been rallying to support him. Um, but yeah, you guys can read that at the Grio. It's, yeah, it's busy. J. Cole's dropping tonight, so I got to do something on Billboard for that. Um, doing my usual boxing and MMA stuff for a few betting outlets. I uh, got a boxing scene column coming out on uh, Triple G and Matarosian, which was announced this week. Man, I, I think that's I think that's it. You need like a trapper keeper. You, you I do. I, I, I literally have notes of everything I have to write each week. Like I have to put a, I have a list, a checklist, and I have to check off the list because otherwise I'll forget. Oh, when I'm doing something on for uh, Revolt on uh, why J. Cole is the rap game Tim Duncan. So that's also coming up. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm also, and I'm also doing Bleacher Report, uh, How to Fix Roman Reigns. I got that coming out uh, right before the Greatest Royal Rumble. Oh, can't, can't wait to hear that one. Because uh, you're, you know, just Mr. Optimism. Oh, no. man, they gave you the wrong assignment. So uh, before we get into the show, we're going to talk about all that hip-hop stuff. This is dope because we get a, a really good hip-hop segment uh, this week before we get into the usual combat sports. We had a conversation yesterday that was in the group chat. It's through text. And I feel like maybe your context was off. I didn't get the tone correct because it felt like you were video game shaming me. It's twenty. It's twenty eighteen. You can't video game shame me, bro. Like I'm, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a a gamer walk, like Amber Rose's slut walk, for people <laughs> of my ilk. Yeah, I was shaming you. <laughs> I was lightheartedly shaming you. Yes, I was. There's nothing wrong with the way I play video games. So to put this into context for the people, uh, Andreas put me on to the rosters of MLB the show, uh, eighteen. So he's, you know, downloaded these specific rosters for years now. I didn't know about the rosters. He was like, yo, you got to get it. It's the best way to play the game. Get the rosters. They do, you know, triple A, double A, single A. It's all the real people. Great stats. The potential is fixed. Everything's dope. I'm like, yeah, perfect. I get the rosters. I'm happy. I've been playing it for like a week and a half now going crazy. And then last night there, you know, Mr. Jokington in the group chat. And we're not even talking about me, first off. It comes out of left field. I'm trying to, like, cook a good meal here. It comes out of left field. And he's just like, I bet Kel's one of the people who creates super teams in video games. Like, damn, out of nowhere. And which I had to shut him down and say, I do not create super teams. I play with my team, make trades that the game allows. I don't put the all trades accepted joint on. I make sure I make trades within the context of the game, create the team I want through smart planning, get my GM on, and then I play my franchise. I find nothing wrong with that. Tell them who, who your lineup is for the New York Yankees. And First off, the Yankees are my team. So okay, we, no, but do, 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 I don't, I don't that. care. That's just a jersey. Tell them who your lineup is for the Yankees. All right. So, you know, we got the, the deep farm system, just like Andreas' team, the White Sox, has. So if he wanted to make them a good team, he could, but he refuses. Uh, what, a, what a great fan he is. But, so, I traded for Noah Syndergaard, so Syndergaard's in my rotation now. CeCe moved to long relief. It's fun, right? I got, you know, Syndergaard's 25. Uh, I play, like, five or six years deep in all my franchises, so I'm planning for the future. 
Um, Syndergaard is young. He slid right in there. Uh, you know, I got the usual lineup outside of that as far as my pitchers are concerned. My batting lineup, uh, I moved Gleyber Torres up to play second base right away. So he's my second baseman leadoff. And then I go, I, tra- <laughs> I traded for Machado. Once again, we have a deep farm system. And I'm getting people with expiring contracts. I traded for Machado. He bats second. Then I have Judge. I have Stanton. I have Sanchez. All my guys. Then I traded for Miguel Cabrera, an aging superstar with a big contract. We are the Yankees. We can pay money. So I traded for Cabrera. Um, I traded Dre's White Sox for Abreu because I hate Bird. So I traded Bird for Abreu and unloaded like a different contract I didn't want. And then moved up Clint Frazier. What's wrong with that? Oh, and I got the, the young kid from the Braves. Acuna. Right, yeah. Acuna. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And you and you do, you don't want to call this a super team. That's not a super team. I have young, talented prospects that could develop into something. So I have aging superstars. You have one prospect, which is Acuna, and you have Torres Machado. is a prospect. Cl- oh, but Clint he's is a team. prospect. Dog, he's already on the team. You got Manny Machado, Miguel Cabrera, who what? actually still has a high rating in the show. He does, but he he has a a large cap number that they could no longer afford. Mm-hmm. And then you have Noah Syndergaard. Yes. And you, instead of, and you don't call this a super team. So when Miami got LeBron and Chris Bosh, they weren't a super team? Listen, they did not go about it the right way. Were that was they, they bought that team. I'm willing to deal with it. Are they a super team? Yes, were but they, no one did that as a GM in 2K. So, so you did it. You did it in MLB The Show. Instead of playing the game, look, look, the argument is this. For me, when when I play France, when I play a sports game, I play it simulation style. I play it just like it is in the regular season for year one. I trade when real trades happen in real life, and I use, I do the call ups and send downs for all the teams just like in real life because I like to simulate based on what is really happening in baseball. There to me, there's nothing fun about creating a super team and just destroying teams because you can. This a video game. You can manipulate the system to make the trades that you want to trade. In no real life scenario would you end up with those players. The Yankees, Steinbrenner will never end up with that team. I could. Like, okay, first of all, all these trades are legit. I I, I, I traded. Steinbrenner can too if we traded all of our prospects. I I got a couple of prospects still stashed, but I traded Sheffield. I traded um, Andujar. I traded all these guys who are, are legit prospects to get me these pieces. For these for these next couple of years, because in real life, no, the Yankees would never trade all of their prospects. No, but the game limits me because it doesn't give me the budget that my Yankees actually have, which is whack. Because <laughs> they make me earn money and tell me how much I can spend, which is I, I stupid. Want, I should have I unlimited bankroll. So the game is not realistic. I'm realistic. I'm working through tougher know how constraints. Much, like, how is this challenging when you when you create this super team? Like, it's what? not a super team. I have no. one aging. Okay, we're getting Machado anyway. So if you don't think that's real, then whatever. We're getting Machado in the offseason anyway, so he's going to be with my team regardless if I wait until next year. So why don't you wait until next year? Because I could. It doesn't matter because I could do it this year. In the game, (laughs) it allowed me to do it this year. I have one possible future superstar by the Braves, and yes, I fleeced them. But I gave them two good prospects, possibly great, and an aging superstar. Who? I gave them... Man, I gave them Greg Bird. No, I gave them uh, Tyler Austin. Man, I gave stop. them. 
Cut it uh, out, dude. I gave him Tyler Austin, one of our pitching prospects, and I unloaded the contract of uh, what's his face? Oh, hey, Ellsbury. <laughs> you can only trade three players look, at a look, time, look, look. but they accepted look, it. This is the look, key. It's, it's a video game. Of course, they're going to accept it. You can manipulate. No, the system. they they turned down a lot of shit. By the way, I tried to get Bryce Harper turned down at every every turn. Were you surprised? Yes, because I'm great at wheeling and dealing. This is what no, I do in video not, games. Uh, it's this like. And Listen. I play games, by the way. I don't see. I I play every fifth game. I play every game. You don't play all season. You play. You play every. I, fifth I play game forty only, games. Wait, wait. You play with only the good pitchers. No, one pitcher. <laughs> I choose one pitcher. Which is the, the best pitcher that you have, Castillo, or Servino, and yeah. and then you play every game with that death lineup and, and the best pitcher. Yeah. Well, I Noah Syndergaard arguably is as good, if not better. So let's no. not say my best pitch. My, my my case. I don't even think I need to go any further. With Montgomery's this. pretty good too. You were come on, come on, man. Luis Servino was an ace for the Yankees yeah, last. He's still my ace. Cool. So yeah, I, I like to play with the. Ace, I'm just saying, which means I'm going against other teams' ace almost every time I play. No, you're not. Um, and you know that. You know you're not. <laughs> I am. Um, I, I faced Archer in the, no, for the Rays I'm, like four I'm times. Just, I'm just. The Rays are terrible, but. <laughs> You're gimmicking the system, and to me, that's just not the way you should play a, a simulation game like the show. Do that shit on, like, if they had a, a baseball version of NFL Blitz, do that shit there. Like, NBA So, two- why do I have to only make the trades that my ball club makes in real life? That's look, why I play the game, because I want to do shit look, that look, my ball I club does it. not do. Look, just for me, that's not how I roll. <laughs> I, I'm a simulation-style player. You game shame me. I have to, cause like, come on. How do you on, play man. WWE? You don't, you don't want to see like cool ass bookings. You want to book everything like Vince. You want to do the shakeup just like Vince does. You don't want to create your own wait, shakeup. Wait, wait, slow down. WWE 2K is not like a real simulation. MLB The Show is probably with the truest simulation in all sports games, followed by 2K and then Madden. Hockey, NHL is in there somewhere. Well, FIFA is definitely in there as well. But MLB The Show is a true simulation cool, game. I do it's not the same made to be. things in Madden. I do the same shit in every and, game. And all you do, you put, a jersey, you put a jersey on a bunch of guys you like, and then you call them your team. No, I do it for my teams. Like in Madden with the Giants, I improve our roster so we don't have bum-ass seasons. I make sure I fix the mistakes Jerry Reese made. That's Man, my job in playing I'm these just, games. I play with the team that I got. I inherit the it's, team that I have, and I work on the players that I have. Like, I put them through training. I do everything like you're supposed to do it. And then when they trade, I'll, I'll do the trades. Like, last season when I had to give up Todd Frazier for the White Sox, I had to give him up. Even though he had, like, 30 home runs for me. I got rid of him. But I, I That's it's, ridiculous. It's, it's a challenge, though. Like, you don't like challenges. I get it. You don't like – you. I like, love challenges, but you, you, you literally probably, gave up a piece who had 30 home have, runs for you. Did you have like a Game Shark or a Game Genie or is that before your time? No, it's it's not before my time. I remember Game Sharks and Game Genies. You had them both? I did not have them. I'm sure you wish you did. You are <laughs> you you gimmick the system. And this people this is probably I mean, get some combat sports. Look, I, I need y'all to chime in on social media. Is this complete bullshit? Look, look, I don't if you would have made one trade, I'd be like, all right, but you man, you got the most loaded team in baseball and then playing the game I'm, like it's I'm barely better than the Cubs and the Astros. <sighs> are you serious? Are you serious that the Yankees are with Manny Machado? Come on, dude. I'm, Noah Syndergaard I'm as a your hair your above that. A hair above that. You're out of your goddamn mind. I'm not unreasonably good. I still have you a lot of young guys. Who is your? Who is the? What's the hole in your lineup? Cliff Frazier. He bats ninth. 
Mm. Clint Frazier. Yeah, he, uh, but he, one through eight is like the murders were like a brave. As soon as like he's uh, huh? as soon as what is he? He's seventy five. Torres is ranked seventy two. It's not like the young kids are like eighty nines yet. Cut it, cut it out. Cut it. Stop. And you and you already got Jim Carlston and Aaron Judge. That's not good enough for you. And, and Carter, you needed Machado, Jose Abreu, Miggy Cabrera. You're you're the worst. That, that's all. I tried look, to get Machado. They wouldn't let me. Look, look, look. You are the worst. <laughs> like you, you are that guy. Oh, I'm, I'm worse than Matt. If you think this is bad, my Madden fleece it because the computer accepts a lot more in Madden. So I'll have like look, six first round picks. That's a wheel and deal. That's not willing to deal. Let's yep. cheat. Pick up Let's free agents, on. Let's trade start. them. Move on. I got better. This is how you're supposed to play franchise mode. You're supposed you to play for more than one season. So you're game shaming me. But people who play singular seasons in franchise mode are weird ass people. The whole point of being in franchise mode is to play multiple seasons. The off season is the best part. Look, I don't start doing it. I don't do trades at all until my second season. It's just how I roll. So. Oh my god, that makes no sense. All right, you're. People will talk and they will tell you that you are batshit crazy and I play the correct way. So um, let's get to hip hop because we're not going to get right into combat sports because it's nice to have a ton of hip hop to talk about. Finally, we'll start with your boy Kendrick Lamar winning a Pulitzer for damn. It's fucking dope. Super dope. I'm not mad at it. First thing that came to mind was, you know what? I'm glad as hell he didn't win it for it to pimp a butterfly because I would have never heard the end of that shit. No, you wouldn't have. And, and honestly, <laughs> if there was anything he could have won it for, it would have been that. I'm, I'm actually, I'm not mad that damn won it at all whatsoever. Congratulations. But, dude, yeah, you would have never heard the end of it. <laughs> Which still, I've listened to three times since it's released. Oh um, damn is dope, though. I like damn. I think it's more structured, like the type of Kendrick that I like. And to win a Pulitzer, though, it's just going beyond what people thought was even possible. Which brings up to the fact that why is only jazz albums winning this? Like, jab, jazz albums, like, they're giving Pulitzers to acoustics? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, hip-hop is about the words. Why can't Lupe get one? Like, there's some really dope stuff out there lyrically where you're like, yo, they're saying a lot of shit. Like, why is Kendrick the first one? I, I, I'm baffled by that. I mean, it's it's a good question, but it's the the lack of respect of hip hop in the uh, in the mainstream or the uh, the higher educated people of America. Mm. Uh, they they there's still a lack of respect for the culture. You know, they still don't even consider it a true art form. Um, there are a lot of people that like they don't play instruments, they don't sing, yada yada yada. But it's when you put the like for me, the argument has always been when you put those words down on paper. And you read them. You can put it like you can put a Kendrick Lamar, or a Lupe Fiasco, or a Nas, or a Rakim, or a Jay up against some of the greatest poets this country's ever seen. Um, but you know, because of, because it's black, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to be real, because it's black, it's gonna not get the respect that other art forms get. Um, and it's crazy because I mean, jazz is the reason why jazz is because jazz threatens nobody. Hip hop threatens the establishment. Jazz threatens you to go to sleep. And take a nap, <laughs> and have a good time, and, and drink some wine. Yeah, some a nice uh, Malbec. Yeah, like I, I mean, I'm a wine drinker, so it's like I listen to jazz and, and have a sip of wine. But it's like I'll drink, you know, some Jack and Coke or some Hennessy and turn up some hip hop. It's just how I roll. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I mean, we'll see if this is like the one off or if this becomes a trend. Um, 
One thing I always say about Kendrick, though, you can't ignore his impact, regardless of whatever album it is. Like, you know, I really like Sh- Section 80. Um, you know, Good Kid, Mad City was dope. Damn is dope. All this stuff. His impact, regardless of how you feel about whatever phase he is in his music, is undeniable. He has yeah. that it factor. Like we talked in the last show, like and we'll talk about on this show, that it factor later on with some other people. He has that it factor where he says what he wants to say and people have to listen and people have to buy it because you're just captivated by his realness. Yeah, and I mean more importantly, and it's just I mean, just because I've known the guy forever, so all the credit really goes to Top Dog for creating a label to allow him to do the thing that he's he's able to do. Because you know, if Kendrick was signed to like Def Jam or some other label, he probably wouldn't be able to do what he's been able to do as an as a rapper. They probably limit him or t- tell him like you know you shouldn't do that subject matter. To Pimple Butterfly probably would have never came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Top Dog is a guy like. You know, he's the shadowy figure, but, I, you know, I've known him for more than a decade and just seeing, well, about a decade now, but just seeing how he moves. I just I, could, I can't believe the things he's been able to accomplish, because even <laughs> when he told me them, I was like, yo, that's fucking nuts. Like, you're never going to do that. And I would joke with him, but I was kind of dead ass serious. I was like, they're never going to let you do that. But I hope you do, because you have, you know, because back then it was Kendrick. Uh, Q wasn't even part of the oh, was it Q or so. One of them wasn't even around, but it was Kendrick and J-Rock were the first two I met when I worked at BT, and I was just like, they're amazing, but, you know, this is a rap game, and nobody likes dope rappers. And <laughs> it turns out I was fucking wrong. And I tell them that all the time. Like, you know, jokingly, I'll be like, yo, sorry. I was, this, is the, this is the greatest thing I've ever been wrong about. This is one L that I take happily, because I, I wanted him to make it, but usually the shit I like never makes it. Little brother, they didn't sell a ton of records. I love Little Brother. Lupe, I wanted Lupe to be, I mean, he won a Grammy, but Lupe wasn't as big as he should have been, in my humble opinion. That's why no. I was so jaded and angry now. Yeah, he, he wasn't, you know, Cole or Kendrick or any of these guys. No, because uh, you can people can argue with me all they want, but Lupe, The Cool, and Food and Liquor were classics. Oh, easily. He's like, one of the most talented rappers ever. Yeah, not, it, he, probably not the best. The catalog doesn't match up. It's too hit or miss. He went off on tangents, but... Natural talent, like poetry, you know, just wordplay. He's one of the most talented people to write his thoughts down on paper. Yeah, like, I mean, Lupe, if Lupe came out when Kendrick came out, Lupe would also be winning a Pulitzer. Let's just, timing is everything. And Lupe yeah. came out at the wrong time. The same thing with Little Brother. Fonte came out before the blog era really blew up. It was still like you had to buy your music from Sandbox Automatic and Hip Hop Site where I was. <laughs> you know, so it was like that. That was that's when, a throwback reference. Oh my god! Yes, I mean th- those who know know Sandbox Automatic and Hip Hop Site were the two sites where everybody bought their vinyl and all their music. But that was the only way you can hear it. Now it's like you just go to iTunes and pick a rapper and he's there. So it makes it a little bit easier to have access. Like you know, Little Brother didn't have that access. Lupe barely had the access. He just missed the block era. He was right before it really kicked off. So. Now it's, it's mainstream and everybody's accepting and we're in a different time with Trump being president. So these things are, there's a little bit more of a threshold for what people are willing to accept. And there's a lot of pushback against the right. So there you go. Well, I'm trying to test the boundaries of what you're willing to accept. Uh, one thing that came across your timeline that I found interesting. Bad Bobby is one of three women in female artists of the year category. What publication was that? Billboard. Billboard. The one um, that I- shout out to you. <laughs> do you. Are you on this rankings committee? No, uh, I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> uh, Bad Bobby. So, um, 
what is her chances of winning? Since you're, you know, you're on the staff and all, where do you stand on Bad Babby? She's first of all, she's terrible. But no, somebody no, had to point this. You're gonna have somebody, to catch her outside. Be easy. Come on, man. <laughs> somebody had to point this out to me, and it was my own ignorance. But it was like I was throwing my own place I work for under the bus. Billboard <laughs> is a is a sales oriented publication, like the Billboard Top 100. And Bad Bobby had a song that ranked very high. So. It's the reason why she got nominated. What song is that? I I, I still I've uh, never I, heard her music. No, listen, look, dog, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> but oh. apparently, it, it it was it charted. So that's the reason she got the nod over somebody like Rhapsody, who got nominated for a Grammy, which is fucking insane. How you can get nominated for a Grammy but not a Billboard award to a little sixteen-year-old white girl who says "Cash Me Outside." It's crazy. But apparently, that's number how one it, song is Gucci Flip Flops, featured in Lil Yachty. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. This this category is like the arbitrary old BT female rapper of the year category, where they throw every rapper, any female rapper, and then Nicki Minaj, and they just like give the award to Nicki Minaj. This is Cardi B's year; she's winning the award. There's like Nicki Minaj is in the category, but she only put out a couple of singles. She didn't even hear that album what three years? Yeah. But they threw in there like Remy Ma's not in there. It's crazy to me, but that's that's how shit goes, I suppose. <laughs> Bad Bobby. Well. Can fans vote for this, or do you guys no. select this? No, I, don't, I, listen, I, I was I, going to place a vote for Bad Bobby just to see. I, I have no idea how the inner workings of the Billboard Awards completely different than the publication. Have and you ever like, covered I, it? No, nothing. Yeah, I've covered the Billboard Awards. I'll probably be there this year. It's, it's in Vegas at T-Mobile on May 18th, so I'm quite oh, sure. Shit, that's my birthday. Mm-hmm. I got to be in there. Yeah. So yeah, I'll probably be there for that. I've covered it before, um, but. Yeah, that that I, that shit. I'll just whatever. <laughs> bad crazy. Bobby. Okay, well, I thought you'd co-sign Bad Bobby, but all right. Now you knew better. What if uh, you have to write the joint like you do for the Grammys, like for the for the pamphlets? Oh, I don't do any of that for Billboard. Uh, Grammy. I mean, that would be great, by the way, if you had to write up a thing on Bad Bobby, the oh, oral, <laughs> the look, oral man, history. Look, I have to pull rank. <laughs> Like, even though I'm not, like, a senior staff member or anything like that, they all know. Like, nobody's not going to give me that assignment. Like, they, they know that. Nobody's going to do that for me. Oh, man. That, that's something I would read. I need advanced copy um, when that comes out. And then other stuff in hip-hop that's not, you know, Bad Bobby. Um, we had Kanye announcing two new albums for himself and one for Pusha T. Good music is back. You don't seem too excited. Like, I feel like Twitter's blowing up right now. Like, everyone's hype about it. Listen, people forget so quickly. Like, it's another comment I'm actually writing, how social media makes us forget the transgressions of people that we love, like R. Kelly or Famous Dex or whoever the fuck. Do we forget that Kanye West was just bigging up Trump at a concert and took a picture with him? And now he's coming out with the album, and everybody's like, oh, like, like when he went on a little Twitter rant about creatives and all that stuff... People act like he never did that shit with Trump. But we are quick as a community, because I did this too, and I have no shame in it. When, uh, what's her name? Taylor Swift, like, vanillified the Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, September song. Like, we were mad at Taylor Swift for doing that, but yet we're forgiving Kanye West for rolling with Trump. And we can't wait for his album. It's kind of <laughs> weird, man. So the announcement for me, like, first of all, I hated The, uh, the Life of Pablo. I hated that. What the album before that? I can't remember. Um, uh, Jesus, wow. no. 
Yes, Jesus. Wow, I just drew a blink for it. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Jesus was I, not good. Blood on the Leaves, I, I think, was on Jesus. Yes, Blood on the Leaves was dope. Yeah. Aside from that, Blood on the Leaves was trash. People's like, it aged phenomenally. No, it didn't. It's trash. And like Black Skin Hair was kind of dope. Like, The Life of Pablo, didn't like it at all. There was a. What? There was a I like The Life of Pablo. Mm, didn't like it. Um, but he hasn't, to me, he hasn't made quote unquote good music. So I'm not going to be excited about this release. And then because of who he is. Like, yo, man. He's Calabasas like, Kanye in the building. Man, he's like, like, honestly, Kanye Kanye's like whack to me as an individual. And I don't know him, but they're very, <laughs> like, when I see him, like, everything he does, and it's like, I'm not going to go off on too much of a chance because, but I, I kind of can because it's not Twitter and people are not going to try to kill me over it. Like, he does everything for acceptance, in my opinion. Like, he's always done stuff for acceptance. Um, you know, he was supposed to marry Alexis back in the day. And everybody remembers, I can't remember what song that was, but everybody remembers that was his girl at the time. He broke up with yeah. her. And then now he's with Kim Kardashian, which is like the phoniest broad on the planet, right? Um, so he's he did got baby. warn her that he was going to leave her ass for a white girl. Yeah, like he happened to be Armenian. He, he did it to himself. Like, this is this, and then it's just like the little beef stuff that he had with Jay Z recently. Um, the little, little shit he does, and it's like you know his ego is like super out of control, you know. And I love Kanye the producer. I've never been a huge fan of the rapper. The rapper has been good in spots, but uh, I, it's, I just don't. I'm not a. I don't like him. Like, I, I, <laughs> like he he don't, he never came off as authentic to me. Like his greatest political moment was saying George Bush doesn't care about black people. And then he stands arm in arm with Trump, though. So. Right, but 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 the thing is, like people are like, oh, he's conscious, but he's not really like his most. And I'll just say right here, his most conscious, one of his most conscious songs he'd ever done was crack music, and he didn't even fucking write it. Ryan Fest wrote it. Yeah. So, so well, I mean, if we go that end, he doesn't write a lot of shit. What, exactly. So it's like he's he comes off as very inauthentic to me as an individual, and he just comes off as a douchebag uh, with a huge ego and. You know his greatest album, one his best, one of his best albums is "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy," and some of this may not be his fault. I blame a lot of this on his mother passing because I think that really ruined him. Yeah. Um, no, clearly, but, like sometimes you need that person who's your filter. When you have yeah. no filter, you need someone to say, "Yo, sit your ass down and chill out." And then he lost the person who had that control over. Yeah. So, I'm, so that being said, I'm not a fan of Kanye the person, but this announcement also, I'm like, yo. Did y'all remember when he announced the release of The Life of Pablo and y'all had to wait and wait and wait? <laughs> and then he read, like, why are y'all taking this for face value? First of all, he said the album's seven songs. What? That's an EP, by the way. But all exactly. Right. It's a seven song album. Then he says the week after him and Cuddy are dropping out. Like, dog, I don't believe anything Kanye says. Like, why would I? This man doesn't have good credit with me. So it's like, I'm not excited. It's like he announced it arbitrarily. Like, I should just go up and say, yo, such and such is dropping an album next week. Just watch what happens. Because that's what people do. They just take the information run for. It's like a headline everywhere. Show me a single and then show me an album, some album artwork like J. Cole did. Then I'll believe you. But yeah. not like this. No, that's the thing. Like, I think you hit on the head, though. Like, his, his mom's passing away. Like, that does a lot to a person. Losing that person. It's the, kind of the Tyson route. Like, Tyson lost Customato, and it was like, okay, wait. There's no one to keep me in check anymore. Yeah, I'm just wilding, and that's like it was. The, it's the same thing. It's like, yo, you can do whatever you want now. There's no one to rein you in. Um, he had beef with Cuddy. Then they squashed the beef at like at Adidas party on All Star Weekend, and now they got out. 
Yeah, I mean, everybody's had beef with Cuddy. Anybody who's ran into Cuddy and actually has talked to Cuddy before, like I have. You had beef with Cuddy? I didn't have beef with Cuddy. I've heard a lot of things about Cuddy through people who have worked closely with Cuddy. But even my interactions with Cuddy when I worked like years ago and worked at BET, like when he worked on 808 and Heartbreak, my interactions were never really pleasant with Cuddy. I didn't really like the guy. Like, he would say, like, for instance, just brief story. We were shooting something for BET, and it was like, I had like Pac Div and Miguel and um, a bunch of people come by the studio. Cuddy came, and Wale came in. Cuddy came in, and the interview, you know, when we interview on BET because it's on camera, we require the person that's being asked the question to kind of answer the question back in, the, in their answer. Oh, so put the question in your answer is what I tell every what I used to tell everybody because they can't hear my voice. Cuddy wouldn't do it. So I was like, all right, maybe he's just nervous he's in front of the camera. So then he wouldn't look at the camera. And I'm like, why? I was like, I need you to look at the camera. It's like, you're going to be on like TV. And he's like, I don't look at cameras. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You like who are you? And you're telling me you're not gonna look at the camera? Like what? That's the greatest fucking response ever. <laughs> I don't look at cameras. <laughs> I don't look at cam- again. He doesn't have an album out. He has he has day and night. I think just dropped. Um, he's working on eight ways and heartbreak. But I'm like, yo, what do you mean? I don't look at cameras. Like, and I I, sh- I cut but me, but people that know me know I cut the interview short. I was like, we're done. See ya. I got in trouble. <laughs> But I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I can't I can't work with that. Like, I've interviewed so many different people, at, and nobody's ever given me a response. Like, I don't look at cameras. Like, I interviewed Mary J. Blige, and she was like, what do you need me to do? Like, Cuddy? Word? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I swear you've had to have beef with someone, though. You've gone through your whole musical journalist career without beef? Um, I mean, not that I really know of. I mean... Like, DX never had beef? No, uh, I mean... Look, look. You never had beef there? We, nah, not really. Not with any rappers. I had beef. Like, not that I knew of. I'm sure because social media wasn't around. If I did what I was doing at DX now, there would be so many rappers getting at me on social media. Because that's all I did was... I didn't necessarily trash people, but I just called a spade a spade. If there was some shit I didn't like, I called it out. If it was whack, like, I used to rate... Like, people used to get at me about reviews all the time. Because I'd be like, yo, the review scale is one to five. Your shit is a zero. People are like, yo, what did you get this <laughs> My son, I have a, I have one to five. If I'm not using it all, what's the point of having a one to five? Like that was always my argument. Like the source, they had a one to five mics, but they never used anything below a two and a half. What's the point? Why do you have it? Why don't it just be two to five? Like what what is that? So I, we used to give people like straight up zeros, and I used to get phone calls from publishers. I'd be like, yo, stop making trash music. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you want me to say? It's crazy that Shake and Mecca have had hip hop beef. You worked closely with them and still had no beat. Nah, man. They, I mean, they had the whole Odd Future thing, which was insane. The but two dope boys line, that's, that's down in history right there. Yeah, it's like, uh, no, I, just, I can't recall any actual runnings I've had. I know the hip-hop nice guy, Dre. That's, that's but why. I'm not. Yeah, the like, hip-hop I'm, nice guy. I, but I'm not. But nobody's ever, like, stepped to me. And it's not because I'm, like, a big tough guy or anything like that. I think it's because I really explain everything that I'm doing. I don't do anything arbitrarily. Like, I don't diss people and say that they're whack if I can't back it up with whatever I write or whatever I'm about to say. Like, I don't do that. If I think you're lame, I'm going to explain to you why why you're lame. And if you can't respect that and you want to fight, I mean, then you look stupid. Because these are just words. And I'm just one person. you got the influence of millions of people. Like, what? who the fuck am I? Like that was used to be my column was called "Who the hell am I?" Because I'm like, "Well, who the hell am I to tell you this? Like, why are you getting so upset over it? I'm just a critic." So it is what it is. 
gonna have to go full Braun Strowman until someone catch these hands. Um, all right, other albums though. Drake announces an album coming out after Cuddy's albums. I am look. I am very much looking forward to Drake's album. Quiet, not even quiet as kept. You've been a Drake stand for a second. No wrong. With that. Like I'm, I've always been because sonically I like what Drake does. Drake, Drake likes the music that I like, and he makes the music that I make. Views is probably my least favorite album. It felt like he was just like jogging, but everything else that he's done, like people criticize him as you know not being. He's a pretty damn good rapper. And oh yeah, when he wants to be, definitely is. Yeah, when he's on, dude is money, and you know he makes joints for the girls. Like he does everything he's supposed to do. When he comes from that school of thought, like. He, you know, his favorite rapper was Fonte at a certain point in time. He used to talk about all the time. He used to talk about Dilla. Like, he is, this, I'm writing this article. Somebody's got to pay me. But I, I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's going to be an absurdly in, uh, detailed investigation on Drake's infatuation with nine, 90s R&B. Like, I have to do this. Because all the R&B songs that I've loved, he has sampled. In some, or referenced in some way, shape, or form. Like, look what you've done was what like i'm a big like um the, the whole timberland genuine jodeci like that was all my shit and the fact that he had sampled a song that was just like a video of the cats from player doing just uh well, it ended like up a on sing-along right not, yeah. not a, like a cypher of sorts yeah but the fact that he sampled that i was like yo i didn't even know people knew about that i i've always been a, a like Drake knows his music, and yeah, that's nice, when you like, had nice. the curls for the girls, and you were Rico Suave back in the day. Oh man, yeah. Um, <laughs> Those are great like days. I, I like what Drake does, and I like that he's come to a point in his life where he stopped caring about what his peers thought of him. Like he used to always kind of chase after the Kanye acclaim, and now he's like, "Fuck Kanye, I just do my own thing." Well, now he's like, bigger than them all, so yeah. So it's like, so he makes the music he wants to make, and then he, when he feels like really dissing you. He kind of he, he's got those subliminals for that ass. Like, yeah. He doesn't come for people's necks, but I'm a Drake fan, man. I, I really enjoy what he's doing. I'm looking forward to this album way more than I'm looking forward to Kanye's album. Yeah, um, he doesn't put out bad music. Um, one mm. thing that pisses me off that he does do frequently is he'll have a really good album, but he'll drop good songs like the previous two he just dropped and not put them on the album. Yeah, but I mean, it's iTunes. Like, he knows we, like, you like, can get them. But the, yeah, but they won't even be on out. I'd be like, yo, this shit, what was it? It wasn't Marvin's Room, but it was like something else back in the day where he dropped it. And I was like, yo, that shit, everyone was like, yo, this is so fire. It wasn't on out. I, I was mean, like, it just shows you, like, the throwaway tracks are fire. Yeah, like the Jodeci freestyle with J. Cole. Oh, like, yeah, that didn't make anything. No, what he couldn't, you, know, you ain't clean. You can't that sample, shit. yeah, but. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, dog, he sampled Whitney Houston. <laughs> on the on Tuscan left. like man, like he he knows what he's doing as an artist, and I enjoy it. So yes, that project in particular, I'm looking forward to. As long as it's not like 30 songs, he put out like that one that was long as hell, and it was just, oversaturation of Drake, too much Drake like, now. Like I didn't like views, like, and I wrote a whole column on why I was like, yo, you're like stupid to the level of your competition. Like you should be obliterated. And I, and I liked more life. Like I like Passion Fruit. I liked a few joint, a lot of joints on on more life. But views, I was like. Mm. This feels like Drake on cruise control right now. Like, like he's not being pushed. Yeah, he went full Nakamura. Is this what you're trying to say? Yeah, on views, he was straight WWE Nakamura. <laughs> um, J. Cole, like you said, you're just going to review it later on tonight. High expectations. Uh, I've heard he record this in like two weeks. Um, yeah. That can always go <laughs> kind of go bad on you. Depend- I mean, there's a reason there's a process. But Jay's done the same sometimes, right? Jay drops dope shit. Um, well, so... 
it's really hit or miss on that. It's once again no major, you know, no major features, all in-house production. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is what J. Cole does. He doesn't have yes. He he produces everything himself. He's very in-house. Yeah, um, I like more upbeat J. Cole too. Like uh I I feel like we're gonna get really, really melancholy J. Cole on this one. Which doesn't bother me. I, I like all fade, but you know, I kinda like the the a little bit for everyone type of J. Cole. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I like J. Cole, and I'm looking forward to this project. Um, the two-week thing doesn't bother me because I know originally he said he worked on like six songs over the span of like a year, and then he went back and cleaned up three songs in the, in the last couple weeks. Um, like Fonte's album came together, the, came, the last parts of it came together in like seven days, and he ended up recording like six songs. It happens. It's just a different time where you could record music and finally put it out. Um, but that's, that's the way the music game is now. Uh, but yeah, I hope J. Cole's album is great. I'm looking at the time. We've been talking about music and video games for 30 something minutes. And oh, people shit. are like, oh, where's the shit at? <laughs> well then, all right. Um, man, it's good to have these every now and then. And combat sports a little light sometimes. So we, let us get our hip hop on. Um, let's roll into segue alert, segue alert. Boxing, where Broner has beef with a rapper. Broner has beef with everybody. Takashi um, 6 9 and Broner. Takashi put 300K down on the table. Said Broner ain't winning. And some come at me, homie. You need, you need to ask for permission to step in my city, he says. Um, when this became his city, I don't know. But the, I guess the kid's hot right now in New York. And uh, he has rainbow hair. So what the hell am I supposed to tell him? Yeah. But he um, told Broner, Broner Yo, listen, man, I, I ain't going to put these hands on you. You're a boxer, but, you know. Gotta respect me in this city. And it, it's funny. How do you have a, a rapper beef with a dude with Skittles teeth? I mean, this, this, is, this is Adrian Broner, man. The, the guy has become a character of himself. Um, and he's a supremely talented guy in terms of athleticism. He's just never put it all together. And I, I've talked about this to exhaustion on this particular show. And it's like, you watch him and you see these flashes of brilliance, like the 12th round knockdown against Sean Porter, like the heart he showed against Marcos Madonna while he was getting steamrolled. Um, Garcia, he was just completely outclassed. There was nothing he could do there. But you see that he has the athleticism to get it done if he puts the shit together and he doesn't do it. And why doesn't he put it, the shit together? It's because he's thinking about a bunch of other things that don't matter, like Takashi 69. Like, what, what are you worried about there? Fight today, week. <laughs> today at the press conference, he called Leonard Ellerby a bitch-ass nigga. <laughs> Which is hilarious. It's, I mean, I mean, it's ridiculous that he said it, um, cool. and Leonard is not. Leonard is like one of the coolest dudes, but that shit's so funny when they're cutting you your check. Yo, just, <laughs> I, I just I don't understand, and it's like, but your focus should be on the fight, and you're fighting a guy in Jesse Vargas who I've made said it a billion times before. I don't think he's that good. You should easily win this fight, oh, but you but probably Jesse, won't. Yeah, Jesse has a way of winning these, right? Yeah. But well, you probably won't because your heart's not really in it like you think it is. Like your mind's in it, but your heart ain't really in this shit. Like Jesse Vargas' heart is in this. Like I'll never say that Jesse Vargas doesn't put his arm to a fight. I just don't think he's that talented. Adrian Broner, I think, is, is incredibly talented, but he has no heart. In, in terms of he's not willing to – he's not willing to put in the work that Floyd Mayweather put in to become the fighter he is today. Yeah. Like Floyd Mayweather – he, he's the only person who's been able to master that, that balance. Him and like Ali were able to master the balance of trash talking, promotion, and training to get to the fight. Broner can't do them all at once. 
Like, he starts rapping, and, he, like, he does a bunch of dumb shit. Like, he hasn't beaten any... Like, if you really think about it, Broner hasn't really beaten anybody elite yet. Um, no. No, not at all. But Glasses Malone would tell you that he's a four-division champion. But see, he's, he's like a four-division champion who hasn't beat anybody. No, all vacant titles, right? Like, he was just scooping up vacant titles. He hasn't beaten anybody worth a damn. And uh, so it's like... You watch him, and he, again, he's talented, but he just the man can't put it together. And this Takashi sixty nine, like, why are you worrying about that? Worry about your fight, dog. That's the one, you, the one thing that you have to do, and he refuses to do it. Takashi should walk uh, Sergio out, though, like just just to foster yeah. the beef. <laughs> it's just it's just a matter of you know, Jesse Vargas ain't getting caught up in that. She's trying Jesse. to win the fight. Not yet, Jesse. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think of Broner at this time. I'm surprised he made it to the fight. Uh, we'll see what he looks like on the scales. That's always the next test. Because, once again, he's not dedicated. Nah, man. He really isn't. But they keep paying him a lot of money for being who he is. Yeah. So, without the sideshow, he wouldn't be making this money. That's the, fa- that's the thing about it. It's like he, him and Takashi69 are like the same dude. Like, Takashi69 is making a mockery of New York right now. And telling him <laughs> he's the hottest. He's doing all the things that Adrian Broner does in boxing. Now your talent has to back it up. 69, Takashi 69's talent is not going to back it up. But he's going to have people that want to see what he does. Does Adrian he just Broner, yell on a beat? I don't listen to this shit. It's terrible to me. <laughs> uh, but Broner does the same thing. He barks really loud, so you tune into his fights. And then he underwhelms you with his performance. And to me, this hopefully is the last straw. Like, if you lose to Jesse Vargas, it's like, come on, fam. This, that's a wrap. You can't keep main eventing cards on Showtime, on premium cable. Like, get it together. Yeah, no, it's going to be ugly. Um, and Jesse Vargas, like I say, come in quiet. He's focused. He is. I mean, if you've seen him all fighting. Losses, I mean. He's, he's ready to fight. And I think what Broner is doing, because Broner was needling at him today, and, like, Broner was calling the press conference a bunch of bullshit. And he, he like, put his headphones and put his to the microphone so people can hear his music over Jesse Vargas talking. He's just kind of irritating Vargas. If Vargas is g- good enough... He'll beat Adrian Broner this weekend. I don't think he will, but I hope he does, if that makes any sense. <laughs> well, he, he's I, not going to get those close calls that we've seen him get sometimes. Not against no. Broner. He just, you know, Broner's faster. He's Broner's stronger. If Broner's, he wants to be aggressive. Yeah, like when Broner wants to be, he's more skilled. Like there's everything that Broner brings to the table athletically. He should outclass Jesse Vargas, but he just doesn't have the heart or the brain to do so. And it's not even the best fight on the card. I'd, I'd say it's... On the televised portion, it's the worst fight in my opinion. How so? Wait, wait. You would say, what's the best fight in the card then? Oh, I, I want to see Charlo kill someone. That's not the best fight. That's like a one-sided ass whooping. Yeah, I like a one-sided ass whooping. Are we going back to our original conversation on how I build sewer teams and what I like yeah. to see? It's, like, it's what I like. Yes, it is fun to uh, dominate. Like, I, I want to see Charlo kill a man. Like, the, so other day, the other day, the last Charlo fight, didn't he knock the dude out so crazy? It was everywhere. Uh, that everywhere. was young. That was Jamal, I believe. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. It was Jamal. It was Jamal. It was and, Jamal. But dog, I they've like both see, been knocking everyone out. What is dog? What's wrong with you? Why don't you like to see competitive things happen? Like and Javante fight should be pretty good. Quellar is, you know, he has split decision loss to Abner Mares. Um, he's been knocked out. Javante, Javante is like diet Adrian Broner. Like he's on his way. To and, being Adrian Broner, he's better than Broner. Mm. As far as <laughs> discipline. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't know yet. Like the fact I, that he, listen, I've interviewed both people. I'd say three times each, at least Broner. I just care not to interview more than that. Um, just listening to them, talking to them, you know, the interviews that boxing is great for that of giving perspective in interviews. Cause we don't, necessarily have to interview people in front of podiums or big lights and all that shit. We talk to people inside the gym. We pull them to the side. There's actually a ton of one-on-one time in boxing. Um, the kid really wants to fight first. He understands where the money comes from. And he understands that he has a gift for Gab. But his trash talk is in the ring trash talk. Like, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. But he's, he's still, number one, he knows what he wants to do in that boxing ring. His number one goals are in the boxing ring. It's not to sign the MMG and wear chains and be stupid. Well, my concern with Javante Davis is that the stardom's coming pretty quick. And if anybody recalls, like, his uh, hotel lobby and his ongoing feud with Tevin Farmer, it's like, why are you beefing with Tevin Farmer? But they had they just wouldn't stop going at each other. But that's still, that's, that's in-ring. But, it's something that could lead to in-ring beef. But what I'm saying, like, what I'm saying with Javante, because Broner, you got to remember, I caught Broner very early in his career. True. He was a I already way. had ridiculous-ass Broner. He was flushing money down the toilet by yeah. the time I talked to him. Exactly. When you when Broner early in his career, like, you see, saw the flashes of what he was about to become, but he was about his business. Like, when I shot that documentary with him, he was, like, you know, trying to win these fights, blah, 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 blah. Like, he was saying all the right things, but still in those Bronerisms. Like, he was still cocky as hell, but he was saying all the right things. That I get concerned because Javante's in got a spotlight on him at a very early stage of his career when he hasn't been tested yet. Yeah. You know, they talk about an Lomachenko fight is ridiculous. Floyd, yeah, Floyd doesn't need to set him up for that anytime soon. He, um, I don't get murdered. Javante, the past two times, have told me though his goal in the next year is to be a pay per view fighter. And I, I, mean, I think I, I mentioned it last time. I was like, the only one that's going to be able to even put you on that caliber is Lomachenko. Like, that's, that's the only fight you'll get. And I think I was talking to him at the time about it being a co-main. Because the Floyd uh, Floyd Connor fight was coming up. And Leonard said he wanted to put a lot of the guys on that card. And I was like, you want to be on pay-per-view. You know, the only caliber fight would probably be you, Lomachenko. And as a co-headline to the Mayweather fight, that, that'd be a huge platform. Um, and he was like, yeah. He was like, I don't care how I get it. I want to be on pay-per-view. I'd fight Lomachenko if it meant being on pay-per-view. Because I think the mentality is once you're on pay-per-view, very rarely do you slide back. It just gives you a stigma of being something huge. Unless you get your ass whooped, then you will not be on pay-per-view. Oh, no, that's correct. I assume he thought he was going to win. But, yeah, but the thing is, like, yo, just give me a shot. Even with Canelo. Canelo lost on pay-per-view. Granted, to the greatest boxer we've seen in this generation. But he didn't slide back off of it. Those numbers stuck. Because he has a Mexican, because because he has a Mexican fan base. Let's be let's be very clear about Canelo. Canelo is a pay per view attraction because his Mexican fan base is so strong. We've talked about this before. A black fighter doesn't have a built in fan base that's going to follow you no matter what you do. It's the reason why Terence Crawford is not a pay per view fighter. Well, I mean, you can't like, say that because Floyd had a black fan base. Uh, Floyd had a fan. Floyd right. did it different. Well, Floyd, but Floyd, to tell me Floyd, that fan base ain't black. We listen. We've well, been we no, seen no, the lawyer. No, no, no. <laughs> listen, listen. That's the fan base that goes to the fights. Those aren't the fans that are in the arena the paying for those tickets. Urban loiterers. Uh, no. Yeah, urban loitering is not the people that pay for tickets. But more importantly, Floyd Mayweather was undefeated and had so many people that wanted to pay to see him lose. And he fought on Mexican holidays against, against you know, guys like Marquez. Like, Floyd did everything right with marketing. 
Javante is not a guy unless he proves, you know, he proves to be better than what he's been because his last fight he didn't look very good either. No, but it was a bad. He's not or something. I guess. If 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 Errol Spence, Keith Thurman, Terence Crawford aren't on pay per view, Javante's got a, a long way to go. Because True. I mean, but their their personalities aren't what his personalities are. I mean, but again. If Adrian Broner's not a pay-per-view fighter when he was winning fights, because Javante's in that stage, same stage. He hasn't beat anybody. Yeah. He's got to beat somebody. And, you know, at 130, there's some interesting fights there for him. But we'll see where he goes. And, I mean, this fight this weekend against Quaylar, he's gonna he needs to finish him. He has to look good. He has, Like, now is the time where you have to start just destroying – Everybody, but you have to be disciplined and not let the fame get you to your head because he's more famous than he should be because he's affiliated with Floyd Mayweather because he hasn't done anything to earn this respect yet. No, the, the, the cosign is what's key. Yeah. The Mayweather cosign is, you know, keeping a lot of those fighters on, you know, under his wing afloat. But yep. yeah, I, yep. I don't know. He, he thinks this is the one. I don't think he should do that just yet, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, before we move over to pro wrestling canelo officially suspended six months is he back in time for mexican independence day absolutely absolutely he'll be back is he taking on triple g yes unless something changes with the money that's so drastic i don't see it going any other way um triple g is going to destroy vanis matarosian on may 5th it sucks it's going to be at StubHub, not in vegas i really wanted to go to that fight because i like to watch triple g just smash people oh so you're Um, telling me lopsided fights are entertaining no, lopsided fights are entertaining, but I like Triple G. Somebody I just like to watch because of the way he fights. But if Triple G was just fighting nothing but bums, I, at a certain point you'd be like, "Man, what the fuck?" But Marta Rosen is not a guy who's going to give Triple G much of anything. Um, but that's all he could really face. It was really, you know, people talk about he could have fought uh, Boo Boo Andre and like a few other guys. It's like, come on, man! Like he's got four weeks. Give the guy a break. Fucking, cause this Canelo's fault. This shit is happening. Yeah, it's, it's not. not it's, it's not, not UFC the, where they throw you in against a killer on two days' notice. Yeah, it's not. He's not. You know, doing the Max Holloway and jumping in there with Khabib. Like, yo, he's he's fighting a fight because the money is in the Canelo fight, and it, nobody's gonna risk that. And I'm sure Golden Boy was like, "Don't you fucking take that fight with Derchenko or Boo Boo or any of those guys." Like. Get by, sell some tickets, and let's get ready for, for September. And that's exactly what's about to happen. I think the same. I think we see him fight in Vegas in September. Um, I think, you know, the, the hype will be there again. Like I said, this is only going to improve the narrative because they're two guys. Uh, Canelo doesn't care to speak English, even though his English isn't horrible now. Um, doesn't care to speak English. Hard to market him a lot of the times. And Triple G, went, even though funny is uh, still not that like super premier type of talker and arrogant boxer that usually sells. So this will give him a narrative to sell. Now Triple G will really be able to let loose and kind of cut those like, you know, fringe heel promos and, and those yeah. real promos against Canelo and the Canelo's fan base is just going to get even more aggravated. People finally get to pick sides. And I think before everyone tuned in to watch a knockout and that's what Oscar was selling. Tune in for watching Knockout. Tune in watching, and people are like, "Okay, well, I hope Triple G wins." I guess. Like now, it's going to be divided. People are going to have an investment in this. Like they're either going to be for Canelo and say, "No, he's not a cheater." No, it's going to be the Mexican fan base, or everyone else is going to be like, "He didn't eat no damn tainted cow meat. He is a cheater. He's been juicing." I hope he gets knocked the hell out. I'm with Triple G. So now people be invested. So I think it makes for an even bigger fight. Um, 
Can't wait to see that in September. What we're going to do real quick, since this has gone so long, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and go over pro wrestling and MMA in like a quick 20, 25-minute package. So you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we've got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper Mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the great north. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk free. Look dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100 day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know like 100 days of sleeping, by, by about that time I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep and these things are for real. Make it happen. But now it's time to get back to talking combat sports. So stay with us. All right, we are back. Uh, not too much on the MMA and pro wrestling front. I mean, we have a fight to recap in the UFC and pro wrestling. We had Superstar Shakeup. So let's dive right into it. WWE talk. Superstar Shakeup this week, Dre. We had Raw getting, I believe, 18 people. SmackDown getting around 12 in the Superstar Shakeup. Big names going to both sides. I think this is an easy question, but this is where we're going to start. Who has the better roster? SmackDown. By, like, it's the A show. Like, country mile. Like, like, SmackDown, with the exception of them losing Kevin Owens, which is like in Sami Zayn to a certain degree, which is <laughs> all they really lost. Like, come on, man. This, is, this was the LeBron James purging the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's exactly what they did over at SmackDown. Like, Paige came, was like, it, you know, she was like a GM, and they were like, all right, Baron Corbin, you're out of here. Uh, the Riot Squad, see ya. Natalia, goodbye. Bobby Roode, you're a babyface. No use for you here. Get out. And they, they ended up getting Samoa Joe. Like, that, I mean, that's the pick of the litter right Which there. we were hoping for. And I was like, oh, this stupid feud with Roman Reigns is going to keep him there. I hate it. He should be on SmackDown. And no, nah, man. Like, Samoa Joe and the Oscar one, I'm a little like, eh, because, like, the women of SmackDown, like, it's, it's, it's very one-sided. Like, all the talents with the baby faces. Oscar, Charlotte, and Becky. And then the, the heels, the Iconics, and uh, Carmella. Like that, that, the end ring is going to be terrible. Somebody's got to turn heel, which it should be Charlotte, but it probably won't be. But that I was a little shaky on. But Jeff, like, dude, it, just look at the the possibilities with like Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, Jeff Hardy, um, Nakamura, AJ Styles. Like, this is ridiculous. They didn't, they didn't lose enough. That's the problem. Like, they kept all their top guys. Um, Cien Almas makes his debut. Yeah, they got Cien, and, and and now it's like I was. I still am skeptical, like, I, but I was more against it. But now that they've cleared a path to have CN, because there's no, there's, they don't have a lot of heels on SmackDown. Like Raw took all the heels. Yeah, they gave him, they gave him back Samoa Joe. Now they got CN, um, and Big Cass, which is like, what the fuck? Well, they but, um, give Big Cass a put. I mean, he's better than Corbin. I guess. I mean, I mean 
Maybe. Spoiled apples are spoiled apples. Like, like these are two guys I just really don't care about. Cass has never been good in ring to me, and Corbin sucks as well. Cass would have been better suited for Raw, in my opinion. But here he is, and he's going to enter a program with Daniel Bryan for reasons that I don't understand. It's all right. He'll be someone's muscle. He'll be like the Miz's muscle, and then Daniel Bryan get through him and then to the Miz by SummerSlam. And, and I mean, and obviously SmackDown also got the Miz, who's become this epic uh, deliverer of promos. He's fantastic on the mic. So Their promos just got so much better with Samoa Joe and the Miz. Yeah, I mean, so Kevin it's Owens like, was great, but no, nah, this takes it to another level, too. This, yeah, SmackDown, they look a lot better. Um, like Raw, the Raw's acquisitions are just kind of weird to me. Because uh, I don't know where a lot of these guys go. Like the Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre thing, I'm like, okay, well, what are you going to do with this? And, and the, the stopgap for all of this is the fact that Roman Reigns is, is probably going to end up as a champion. Yeah, so it's, probably you know, next week at the Greatest yes. Royal Rumble. So, and it, it limits the upward mobility of a lot of the talent because who's Roman going to lose to? It, it, like on SmackDown, you can see a, a lot of guys become a champion. Like, it's, it doesn't, like, even though AJ's a champ, AJ will put somebody over because I don't think Vince is, well, I know Vince is in a, as high AJ as he is Roman Reigns. But if Roman gets that title, I don't foresee him losing it anytime soon. I can't even figure to who. Maybe Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's yeah, the baby. Strowman's the only one. Um, well, Strowman's whatever you want Strowman to be. And to be he's fair, a, Strowman, a, Strowman versus dog. Reigns, do you think Strowman's not going to get the biggest cheers? Like but they won't do that. They're not doing that. With Strowman they, as a baby Reigns. Face, like, yes, Strowman as a babyface who's over here getting kids for tag team partners, he's an ultra babyface, uber babyface. He's super babyface right now. There is no in-between Braun Strowman anymore. He's a babyface. No, face. but Reigns gets booed anyway. I think you're going to get the ideal reaction from Strowman no matter what. You don't get the ideal reaction from Reigns if you put him in there with no, that's but that's, that's, why that's why they'll keep them apart now that they're both baby faces. So that's what, the point is that the upward mobility for guys like Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, it, I don't know what you do with them as long as Roman's a champ. Like, everybody can't go for the Intercontinental title. No, like, but Kevin, Kevin, and, Kevin can be a feud for Roman. Kevin uh, can, but I just He's just not going to win. That, that, again, that's the problem. And that, that's the problem with SmackDown. I mean, with Raw is that you have the stopgap of Roman Reigns where you don't trust the booking to put anybody over that could get over on Reigns. You don't trust it. Whereas SmackDown, I, we, we have really no idea who the champion will be by SummerSlam. No, could be not they put, they put the belt on gender. Shit could be anyone. Yeah, but I mean, the, the talent. And I mean, they got the bar, which I'd love to see Cesaro with a solo run against these guys. Uh, you know, you even got you have Jeff Hardy. Like, they're... They are loaded. They, Gallows like, and Anderson might have some time. If anything, they're going to have competition to have good matches against. We'll see, because the show's only two hours. Um, yeah, and you so, don't got to be on TV every week. It's like NXT. I don't have to see them every week. But when I, I see them, I want them to have good matches. Not, you don't, but the, not the, the, the SmackDown the tag division the, I mean, the is kind of up in the air, too, because... You got the uh, Harper and Rowan just demolishing people. So it doesn't even feel like – it feels like Gallows and Anderson are going to get crushed by them. But I could be wrong. Maybe and, I mean, it all depends on where it swings, right? Because you still have the New Day, who can become champions at any moment. The Usos still going to be on their run. The Bar, who just ran out of challengers on Raw. So you got to put them strong. So somebody has to be booked weak. That's my point. And it could be Gallows and Anderson, which I hope is not the case. Like, I wish the Revival would have went over to SmackDown as well because they need a reboot. That would have been everything. That would that would have been all the talent. Like, but, if you don't reboot the Revival against Hardy and Wyatt 
because Harding White, they're going to no. be champions after next week. So that is, that is awful. But the only team that can beat them, and Harding White can't be a tag team forever, you got to close the chapter on it. Understand, they're, they're elongating this feud, this narrative. Uh, you know, since Abigail will have to attach back to Bray Wyatt, he will turn eventually back into who the hell he has to be. So it, it's the exact same storyline that they had with Randy Orton and the Wyatt family, except now it's Bray Wyatt is the one entering it. It's going to change in a couple of months. He's going to turn. And the only tag team left on Raw capable of being a real tag team is the Revival. And Authors of Pain. Well, yeah, are, they, you gonna, are you going to skip the Revival for Authors of Pain? Mm-hmm. You're just going to jump them? You know they are. So That's a damn shame. The Revival put in their hours. Like, have Authors of Pain. For, I don't care if they do it for the next year, but squash the weak tag teams that you have on the roster. And let Revival at least get the title run. And those two against each other, we know that's a good match. We've seen that match. We know it's a good match. Yeah. I mean, dude, there's... It's the tag divisions are just weird overall. The women's divisions, they're, they're unbalanced, and the tag divisions are not balanced. But no, SmackDown overall, is stacked in both regards. Yeah, and I mean, Raw just has roadblocks everywhere. Like, Nia isn't going to lose the title anytime soon. Uh, yeah, Sasha, Sasha and Bayley are still stuck in a weird program. And it looks like they're headed to be a tag team. Which is ridiculously stupid. This, that program has gone on way too long. There's no but, payoff to the program. The program's dead. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless, dude, you're, you're right. Because even if Bailey were to turn heel, I'd be like, so? Because I'm at that point now. Like, you, when you tell us, you ever watched a movie that just kind of went too long? This, w- this would be it. <laughs> yeah. You were like, dude, could have rolled the credits like 30 minutes ago, yet you still have shit happening. This shit is Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Which I just felt bored to death by the end, by the payoff. Um, yeah, so that's, it, it's just weird how they're going. But I know I'm way more invested in SmackDown. Um, Road Dog can't mess this up. At this point, he just can't mess up. I, well, he, I mean, we'll see. I don't, <laughs> no. I don't Can't mess up this talent. Um, Greatest Royal Rumble is coming up. We'll get more into that next week. Uh, it just seems like a waste of time, though. We're just, you know throwing shit out there. It seems like a waste of time. Uh, do you have a problem with Vince just going after the bag and trying to get this cash and put together this special event, which looks like it might be annual, just to get this, you know, this Arab money uh, overseas? Even though women can't wrestle, they built up the women's division, the respect for women, all this bullshit, and they're doing a pay-per-view they can't even compete on. Is it hypocritical? Is this ridiculous? People are boycotting or saying they're going to boycott and not watch. I mean, this is Saudi Arabia. It's weird because it's like we don't want people to tell us what to do in our country, but we want to tell people what to do in their country. Right or wrong. Um, that's just kind of how Saudi Arabia functions. And it's like that's they wanted to break into that market. I, I'm just kind of like I kind of shrug my shoulders at it because it's Vince and we know who Vince is. So it's like. <laughs> Like I'm not acting like it's anything new. Um, it's just crazy that the Greatest Royal Rumble feels like WrestleMania uh, 1.5. Yeah, um, it, it'd probably be better in Mania. Could be, could be. I mean, yes, you got wrestling matches don't really have a story, which feels like an ROH show. So it could be great. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, do you think Vince? Uh, Except for I'm, your boy I'm, Nakamura with the low blows every week. Yo, the nut punches. <laughs> no. Like that's the, his new finisher. Between the, the nut punches and the way that AJ sells him, yo, the shit is outrageous. Like <laughs> AJ Styles like jumps out of the ring when he gets hit in the nuts. I I've been hitting my nuts many a times, but at a certain point, I, I'm just gonna wear a cup. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the funniest thing every week because it's out of nowhere. It's the new RKO. Like, yeah. just a nut shot out of nowhere. Um, real quick, NXT came on. I cried thug tears <laughs> when they gave Ricochet the mic. It was his in-ring debut um, as far as, as a you know, one-on-one match and on NXT TV. The match itself was a squash match. which was cool. He sold a lot for it to be, like, against an unknown, but that's half of the stuff that makes him good. That um, wasn't a squash match then. The... Well, I'm just saying, like, it was against an unknown. It should have been a squash match. Yeah, and they it had, was. It was, like, they had him sell a lot, whatever. He came back, he won, he got his offense in. That's what it was for. And then they gave him the mic, and it was a cringe-worthy promo. Why they let this man talk live, I don't know. And I'm a huge Ricochet fan. I think he's going to go far. I think he's going to be fine. He's not ready for that yet. <laughs> then he's not going to go far, and he's not going to be fine. If he can't talk, he's not getting far. Um, I can't talk promo. yet. Yet, dude, he's thirty. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Ricochet, I've said it a billion times. Ricochet can't cut a promo. He's got a country twang to him. He's got a certain nervousness when he talks. There's certain people who don't have it when it comes to talking, and Ricochet is one of them. Um, and in the, in the business of sports entertainment, where wrestling comes second, Ricochet's biggest weakness is going to ruin him. Uh, it ruins a lot of wrestlers who can't talk. And Ricochet, and I watched the promo, and the promo wasn't as bad as you made it out to be. Oh. It was still bad. It was still bad. But I've heard worse. Midway, he stopped. He was like, yeah, come on, guys. Come I'm, on, yeah, let me, let me hear it. Listen, listen like, Ricochet, is a, Ricochet, Ricochet is a cornball. We can be yeah, very, very clear. I was like, you don't just talk over him. Like, let them cheer you. What are you doing? He's a cornball with an amazing athletic ability. But the fact that he can't cut a promo is going to ruin him because the WWE doesn't have time to build people anymore. They come with ready-made packages, and they, they invest in them before they invest in a guy who might need to manage him, which means you need to spend more money to get somebody to go on the road with him. Or, um, you know, like, why would you put that kind of energy into Ricochet? I guarantee you that Ricochet is not their top priority. But so they're, not- they're treating him like a semi-big thing. Like, they... They treat everybody like a big thing when they come on NXT. Yeah, and I mean, it worked. When Tommy N came in, it was like, ah, I never heard Tommy N cut a promo. And then it was like, Tommy N really can't cut a promo. And then they didn't let him talk. They gave him the Aleister Black character. He was menacing. By the time he did talk, he says like four words at a time. And that's it. But he, there's a, there's a, like. They, I'm just saying they worked with him. His ominous, you know, features and tone help. They created that, that entire aura of like invisibility and like his entrance like like ricochet's a high flyer he has to talk he he's not like brock lesnar he's not like brute strength like little guys gotta talk he's little he's five eight like 185 pounds so he's gotta talk there's really nothing you can do and everybody that comes in nxt is a big deal like it, dude, dude did you see the promos last week like no way jose was a big deal when he came in look at him now so my point yeah, is ricochet, they're pushing like some weird guy with the, with the brazilian dude with hair yeah, but the point is that it's gonna be bad. They're, they're not going to take the time to work out the kinks on Ricochet. Like, if this was the performance center really doing this job and not signing a ton of indie wrestlers, then they may take the time out to really work on Ricochet's promos. They don't, they're not going to invest a year or two in tr- trying to figure out if he can get it right. Either he's going to figure it out and they're going to push him, or he's not. And my money's on he's not going to figure it out because he can't talk. He's terrible at this. I'll still stick with the he will work out fine. And he won't be two or five live ricochet. Man, okay. I don't Look, know. I'm, I'm just holding out hope. 
you, I mean, there's really nothing to hold out for. If the man can't cut a promo, he's not going to get far. It's really simple. Yeah, he doesn't even have the demon stuff like Finn has. They just need to give him... See, Finn had the same problem, but Finn had the demon. So it's like, fuck it. He doesn't I mean, have to talk that much. Yeah, it's like Ricochet is just... He's... Like, it's not like we've never seen anybody like Ricochet before. Like, Rich Swan is arguably almost just as athletic a gift as Ricochet. Where's he at? So... Yeah, all right. I'm just saying, like Kalisto, ext- like when he was uh, Del Sol in, in the indie scene, ridiculously talented. Where's he at? And he can't cut a promo to save his life. And look where he landed Kalisto. Yeah. So it's like Ricochet can't do it. When you have guys like Kevin Owens who do it all, when you have guys like Ro- Rollins has learned, Reigns, like all these guys have learned, and they kind of already had it in them to learn how to cut a promo. Ricochet just doesn't have it. He's been cringeworthy from day one. And when you're 30, it's really hard to teach that aspect. Like, you look at a guy like The Rock or Stone Cold, all you have to do is give him a mic. Even Angle, they had it. Yeah, Angle, Angle's a natural in many regards. Um, yeah. He got time. I'm holding out hope. He has time. Um, real quick before we get out of here, MMA this past week, uh, fights were in Glendale. Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje. It wasn't as long as we thought, but it was as exciting and action-packed as we thought. Gaethje takes another loss, though, and Poirier gets the win. We'll deal with Poirier first. Where does he go from here? How far up does he climb up the ladder? Um, I mean, he's right there at this point. Uh, he should get a rematch with Eddie Alvarez. Um, but he's right there. Like, he finally put it together. Man, like when I first saw Dustin Poirier fight, I thought he would be a future world champion, a future featherweight champion, because that's the division he was in. After he beat Max Holloway, and I think there was a few other people, he was the guy in yeah. my mind. Um, and then he just, you know, the Conor McGregor thing, like I think Chan Sung Jung beat him, and uh, yeah, he um, had to move up. Yeah, he moved up and got knocked out by Michael Johnson. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, like he's got all this talent and he's not putting it together. Now it seems like he reminds me very much of Cowboy Cerrone. Very much. Yeah. Like, he's great on the ground. He's a, he's a really good striker. He gets on these win streaks, and then he has a brain fart and loses. And then he has to start all over again. Um, but he's hitting his stride right now, which may make him the most dangerous he's been in his career. Uh, so I'd love to see Poirier against Ferguson or Alvarez next. No, I, I think that's – what I was going to say is give him Ferguson. If you're not going to give Tony Khabib next fight out, um, which Dana says he won't, but it's Dana. He might just book that shit again. And Khabib's only really going to fight for you twice a year due to, you know, either being injured or religious obligations. He's only going to fight for you twice a year, three right. if you're lucky. Um, so the next fight is really, really important because either it's Connor or you, you bank to have Khabib, Connor in December because there ain't shit in between there. There's like no other options. Um, so that the next fight, you really have to pick the right opponent to test him if you want to test him. So, um, but Poirier, I thought, you know, Tony Ferguson, if you don't want to book Khabib again, uh, Kevin Lee, if he wins, would be a good fight. And I, I don't know if I need to see the Alvarez fight. I would like to see Alvarez versus Khabib next. If you if you had to make an opponent for Khabib that's not Conor McGregor, I'd say Alvarez would be my pick. Well, Conor McGregor or Ferguson. Yeah, then I guess it would be Alvarez. Alvarez is wolf and big shit anyway. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, just the way that the Poirier-Alvarez Poirier fight ended, it needs a rematch. Like, there was no conclusion to that match. But, uh, I mean, again, the lightweight division is pretty stacked. Kevin Lee's got Itzen Barbosa this week. And, you know, if he wins, you know, I mean, he's good. he's right up there as well. Um, 
it's a lot of it's a lot of great talent and lightweight. And Conor McGregor knocks everyone out whose name isn't Khabib in this division. Uh, as long as he's off the cocaine or whatever he's doing. Listen, if he's on, if he got John Jones guy, then he can be perfectly fine and active while on the coke. Yeah, I mean, John dude. was a functioning coke guy. Like as long as you don't do like you know the type of coke that makes you unenthused. I feel like a lot of people do well on coke. I watch Wolf of Wall Street. People do their jobs on coke. Mm. It depends. It depends on how far your addiction goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can be a functioning coke guy. It does a little blow. Listen, as long as you stop throwing shit through windows, you'll be all right. And I think he knocks everyone else out. People got on me because I was like, yeah, I feel excited. Poirier looked great, but eh, he's still the guy who'd get dominated by Conor McGregor. I mean, he got knocked out in the first round by Conor McGregor. Yeah, and it, I think it would still happen. People were like, he's so much better. No, he was he was as good at the time. Believe it or not, yeah. he wasn't trash at the time. Same well, thing with Holloway. Like Holloway was good. Holloway's gotten a lot better, but I, I think so is Connor. So it's just well, like, eh. here's my one argument with Connor, and then then we can move on. Uh, I think everybody that fought Connor up to now has everybody's underestimated. Eddie Alvarez underestimated, Dustin Poirier underestimated, Jose Aldo underestimated, him. and everybody's underestimated the power in that left hand. I don't think Connor's sneaking up on people anymore. And that can make the way people fight him a lot different. Yeah, but even then, he rematched Nate Diaz, who was a stylistically tough-ass fight for him, and he wasn't sneaking up on Nate. But, I'm, but again, Nate's like a middling lightweight. So, yeah, but Nate, Nate's measurables are better than most lightweights. But it's, always been, it's always been his, his activity level and what he wants to do. Wait. What does that mean? Measurables? What are you talking about? Like, Nate is big for the division. His length, in which we covered on this, is the longest in the division. His oh. measurables on paper poses challenges. But now, is he an average fighter? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, is, is I mean, he, okay. he, he's, he's a good fighter when motivated. He is not often motivated. He, How about has, he that? Ever, has he been a type th- top three lightweight? No. So that's my point. Like, he, like Nate Diaz... For all intents and purposes, so what he gave Conor a great fight. If everybody remembers, when Nate was slotted in to fight Conor McGregor, everybody thought Conor was going to blow Nate out. Oh, everybody. yeah, I thought so, too. So, and he, and didn't. he didn't have, no, no, he had nowhere near the right game but, plan for that. And the rematch, he almost lost. My point is, is that Con- the rematch? Uh-huh. That was a close fight. It, it was like a round separated those two. Yeah, I mean, it was a 3-2 fight, but, I mean, he knocks the guy down three times, too, and it's an old-time scoring. I'm, One of those rounds were probably 10-8 in the new scoring system. There was there, there could have been a 10-round the other way. There was, a, there was I think, the fourth round, when Connor was, or third, where Connor was completely gassed with his back against the cage, and Nate was leveling him. My point is, is that Connor's style is not sneaking up on anybody anymore, mm-hmm. and the time off could negatively affect him. Not saying that it will, could. but it makes fights... A little bit more interesting. Very true. The the lasting memory of him making Eddie Alvarez look like a preschooler in the octagon might just be burned into my retinas. Yeah, I mean because it, it, Alvarez has looked like a machine, at least at the least competitive with every other top lightweight in the UFC, yeah. and it looked like he couldn't he couldn't blow in his ear Lance Stevenson style. He couldn't get that close, no, let alone it, land a punch. And tr- truthfully, Eddie Alvarez underestimated Conor McGregor. You can see how he fought him. He let Conor get in his head. So it, it'll be interesting to see how guys like Ferguson and Khabib fight Conor. Yeah. Khabib, I don't think, underestimates him or will get affected by it, which will make no. it very interesting. Khabib yeah. will have a very Rose Nama Yunus approach to this, where Conor, you say whatever the fuck you want, but uh, I'm going to maul you. Pretty much. So uh, outside of that, that's pretty much it, man. We had Carlos Condit losing. Is this it for him? No, he'll fight again. 
Yeah, and I thought, it, once again, he almost won. Yeah, he did. He, he was, was seconds away from winning in the first round. So, yeah. you know, it, it didn't go his way in the second round. But, man, that first round, I, he damn near had the tap. So I think we see him again. Um, I actually want – the original fight was against – Matt Brown. Matt Brown. I, Matt's lost a couple as well. Just Yeah, just book it. Like, yeah, don't just even run it like, back. Just, just do it again. Um, and then Style Bender, a lot of hype behind him. Mediocre fight this time. I mean, he has no takedown defense. He has to work on it. That's all it is. If he works on his takedown defense, yeah, he's a great stand-up fighter. But there's a lot of guys with hype, man. You gotta, you have to shore up those holes in your game. And he's going to have to do that. So we'll see where he goes. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Um, that's our show for today. A lot of hip-hop today. Uh, a lot of video game bashing. Can't wait to see what the people say about my style of play. Because I know I'm right. I, I feel great about the way I play. You're a weirdo for not doing that. Um that was our show, though. Next week, we're coming back. Greatest Royal Rumble is on the docket. Um, we have to talk boxing. We'll recap some stuff. I'm sure there's a UFC card to talk about because there's always a UFC card. And there'll be some wild shit along the way as well. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at The Corner LSN on all platforms. Me at Kel Dansby. Him at Andreas Hale. We're going to let the old man go to work. I'm going to go downstairs and make a drink just because. It's a celebration today. I'm off work early, and I feel like drinking. So hopefully you guys like this episode. Until next week, we're out. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.